Well, over the last 10 years that I've been applying myself to personal development and just really growing on my own as a person, and a lot of that involved therapy and counseling and coaching and my own practice of personal development. And I just, I saw that the life coaching was really the catalyst that gave me the awareness that I needed to continue to step forward. And I knew that was the method or the medium that I could use to reach as many women as I could just to support them where they're at and to provide a community, to provide a place or support that you know, just would bring that awareness to them. Because like you said, we don't know what we don't know. And if we don't know there's another way of thinking, we get stuck in our existing belief systems. And so we need to think in a new way. And I wanted to be that person to kind of start planting those seeds of thinking in a new way. It all begins by understanding the mind. I want to be happy now. I don't care about the future. I want to be happy right now. You are not alone. You are never, ever, ever alone in this. It's helped my voice grow and given me freedom to be creative on my own. I'm Christina Barcy. Welcome to Be Bold Begin, a podcast dedicated to you, the creative, the healer, and the innovator. The topics and conversations we have here are designed to help you discover what might be getting in your way and offer you tools, techniques, and guidance to move through them. I live in the imposter's body more than I live in my own body. I don't have to feel like I don't deserve this. This is where creativity and healing intersect. If you decide to be bold and begin, you have the opportunity to feel humbled and empowered. I totally believe that. I'm a certified Kaizen Muse creativity coach, a certified Reiki energy healer, and an entrepreneur, artist, and presenter. I will share with you my experiences, my proven tools and techniques that helped me and my clients and loved ones shift and expand in the areas they most desired. This is a gentle and open space where you will hear how others are being bold to encourage you to begin your own journey or expand the one you're on. This is Be Bold Begin. Welcome back. This is Barcy, your host. I want to begin today by sharing a quote from a somewhat surprising source, Leonard Nimoy, the actor who played Spock in the Star Trek franchise that started in 1964. He says, I'm touched by the idea that when we do things that are useful and helpful, collecting these shards of spirituality, that we may be helping to bring about a healing. This statement resonates with me because that's how I feel when creating this show for you. And I believe it ties into what today's guest will share with you through her story and with the work that she's now doing in the healing space. Her name is Cheryl Foster, and she's a certified life coach who empowers women to change their life from feeling frustrated, unmotivated, or simply lost with where they are or where they're going. Cheryl says, the truth is the answers aren't out there. They are inside you. They always have been, and there are surprisingly easy ways to find them. Cheryl has lived a life that called on her to activate her own inner strength to begin to explore the answers inside of her that wanted to ignite a new path, one that would allow her to shine brighter and begin to help others heal and do the same for themselves. So I can't wait for you to hear her story. So welcome, Cheryl. Hi, Christina. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. I'm very happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. I think you have a journey that is definitely unique 
but also I think very relatable to a lot of women, to just anyone really. So I know it's going to be a really valuable conversation. I'm just thanking you ahead of time for being willing to talk with us candidly and just share your journey and how you ended up doing some things. So what I think very powerful and empowering for others. Thank you. Thank you. And I would agree that I think my story may have parts that are different from other people's lives, but I do think that there are pieces that anybody can relate to and use to further their connection to self, to further their growth in this journey. Yeah, I think so too. And I think just the exchange of sharing is how we can really see parts of ourselves maybe we don't normally see or that we don't normally talk about as a listener, right? Someone who's listening or someone who's listening to the story or who gets to know you and your life. It's so powerful. So that's what I like to do on this show. So I'm going to dive in. (laughs) Now, I know you grew up in kind of an interesting place. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about that to begin? And then we can jump into kind of the start of everything. Yeah, sure. I was a small town girl. I now live in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, but I grew up in a very small town north of the city that I live in now, and maybe in a typical setting, but a not so typical home. We lived in a funeral home in Athabasca, and I lived there from the age of five to 14. So it was a huge chunk of my childhood that was spent growing up there. At the time, when I was young, I didn't realize that it was anything unusual at all. It just was part of life. And the discussion of death, life and death, was really just something that was a part of an everyday topic for us. So I lived around that conversation on a regular basis, just kind of thinking that that was what everybody lived around when they were growing up. (laughs) What was that like for you? I know that you just shared that it seemed very normal, but I know you shared with me a couple of like specific experiences or just life within that space. Yeah, I think, you know, a lot of my classmates were fascinated with the idea that I lived in the funeral home and they had questions about most of them surrounded by fear. Like, did we hear ghosts and did I see anything moving and things like that? And I always was aware that there was a presence or an energy, but I didn't have a fear as a child. It was just something that was normal to me. The idea, though, of life and death as I grew older did trigger some heavier questions for myself. We were also a religious family, and we attended church regularly every Sunday. And as a child, I started to have questions about that because I felt like the discussion of heaven and hell and you know, just right and wrong and sin and all of these things, I saw so much contradiction in that. And I was having a really hard time bringing that into alignment with my own belief system. And then as I got older, I just finally became really frustrated that I wasn't able to align myself with that way of thinking. And I thought that spirituality just wasn't for me. Mm. And so I knew because I lived in that space, I lived in a funeral home where people were losing loved ones. I sensed that there was an energy or a place where beings went. I just couldn't understand how that linked to this organized religion that we were attending every week. I couldn't fit it in. So I closed that door. Do you mind sharing what the differences were for you? Like, what was the contradiction that wasn't making sense? Like, you had a belief system you just shared of your own. Did you have words yet for what that was? Or was it just feelings? Or can you share a little bit about 
Yeah. Maybe you can interpret it now as an adult looking back too. Yeah. Looking back, I can put some language to it. But at the time, it was a sense of being controlled. It was a sense of it was wrong to make a mistake and almost like everything was just kind of split into right or wrong. And so it didn't leave a lot of room to be creative to me, at least in my setting, in my home. I just felt like there was so much control over how I was supposed to think and how I was supposed to feel about certain situations. And those didn't align with what I was truly feeling. But I didn't feel like I was provided the opportunity to use my voice in those situations. I didn't have a voice because it was already prescribed how I was supposed to react to those situations. And so going further in my life, I, in a sense, because I closed that door to spirituality, I just thought if this is what it's like to be spiritual, this is not for me, it doesn't feel good. Mm -hmm. Yet, I hadn't found something that did feel good yet. So going through my adolescence, I, in an attempt to find my own individual self, I really became lost. I was really lost and frustrated. And I began to self medicate. And that was through, you know, I mean, we experiment with alcohol and drugs or just defying parents, it just simply because you want to defy them. Not knowing who I was kind of led me through that struggle. And it was a very empty and ugly place to be. I relate to that in wanting to, I think sometimes we go down roads like that of experimentation or self-medication or doing things that may ultimately lead to a dangerous situation, possibly, right? Is we're trying to have some control actually over our lives, right? Like we're trying to make decisions that may be in opposition, which plays into it, right? But I think it's also us trying to have some say in our lives. And even though we're so young and writing that sort of line between childhood and adulthood is always hard, no matter what you're upbringing is like or how we're feeling in our situations, which adds to all of it. But do you feel like that's true with wanting to find just space for yourself in the world and finding control? Absolutely. It was about control, about controlling my just my own choices. And without having that connection to myself that maybe I would have had had I continued a relationship with spirit. Mm. I just found myself to be really lost. I felt like I wasn't guided. I just didn't have that guidance in my life. Yeah. Just going back a little bit to when you were younger and you did feel just sort of a personal connection just by being in the house that you grew up ultimately Mm -hmm. and like feeling energy and feeling a certain type of energy. Did that feel good? Was that like a good, nice, connected feeling with that energy? It was. It was a good energy, but that was in my environment where it wasn't dictated how I needed to receive that or how I needed to add that to my life. It was just something that was there and I felt it and it was a connection. So interesting. Did you share that with anyone or was that a private experience you had? That was a private experience that I had. I do have two siblings and we have exchanged little stories of experiences that we've had, different things that we did see or hear while we were there. But the spiritual side of it is something that I've kept very personal to myself. And that is, I believe, mostly because it's been a lifelong journey for me to understand what that relationship is. Mm -hmm. And to put words to that or try and explain what I was thinking to somebody else was really difficult. 
I think it still is sometimes. I think that's why I like these conversations so much because I'm still figuring it out for myself and I love hearing, you know, the different conclusions or experiences that others have and the many, many, many ways that that can come through. So yeah, I think it is a lifelong relationship. Ultimately, it's part of our relationship with ourselves, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think kind of part of our journey here is to receive the lessons and ultimately develop that relationship and strengthen our understanding of who we are and what our purpose is. If we were to summarize it, that's really what it's all about. And tapping into that inner source is really tapping into the source of everything. And I prefer to call it spirit now, but that is where all the answers are for every question that we have in our own life and just how we can serve going forward. All of the questions are answered there. Wow. Okay. I want to dig into that inner space you just mentioned, but I also want to get back to where we were in your story, because I think that'll take us to the next chapter of how you made this discovery of kind of getting back to connecting in this way. So you're a teenager, things aren't going super great, (laughs) (laughs) feeling lost. What happened after that? After that, I was still on a journey of finding who I was. I tried to find happiness through finding a career that I loved. And I just was drawn to things that I thought I should do because I was good at them. I still didn't have that connection to what was something that I was passionate about. I did tend to have longer term relationships and they weren't always healthy. I ended up in a 10 year relationship and it was a long term relationship that I had three children with and over time became clear that it was a toxic, emotionally abusive relationship. And very thankfully, there's so many parts of the story I'm grateful for, but Thankfully, it did end up in a medical setting and there was some specialists that were looking at maybe the personality side of what was happening to my partner that made things very clear. And my mind needed to have some of that clarity just to understand that it wasn't me. Mm -hmm. It wasn't my fault because a lot of the issues that we had had led me to do a lot of self-blaming. I had shame throughout that relationship. It took me back to my childhood where I felt like I had no control. And my fix for that was just to try and make this better, like put everything I had into fixing it. And I couldn't let go. I felt a lot of friction within myself in that relationship. I loved the person very much, but there was something really confusing to me that was going on. And I was tolerating a lot of behavior that I shouldn't. And it wasn't until months in the hospital, I was doing everything I could still at this point to keep us together. And I met with a nurse who happened to be in the psych ward that day. And I had never seen her before, but she was very familiar with my partner. And she said to me, she says, you know, I'm a very religious woman. But, and I never say this, she said, but sometimes it's okay to leave. Sometimes we need to leave. And I just stood there because the reaction inside of my body, the moment that she said that was just utter relief. It was like this person that was a complete stranger to me who had never spoken to me in my life before had suddenly given me permission to carry on with my life. Like it was okay for me to walk away from something that my body already knew was so wrong and it was okay to walk away. Wow. There's so much in that, what seemingly is a small statement Mm -hmm. and I can feel the shifting energy and the way you talk about it. It's making me a little emotional because I can feel it and see it, but there's something really, really big 
energy wise packed into permission, mm-hmm. which I know we've talked about before as we were discussing, you know, today's conversation. And you said something really interesting about your body already knew what was going on inside of you that was trying to tell you the same message that you heard from this nurse. My intuition, looking back, my intuition was telling me for years that something was not right. And it was telling me in my gut. I could feel a heat. I could feel uneasiness in my gut. And it was my subconscious, I guess. It was my mind that was telling my body, no, like I need to step up. I can do this. I said something that I shouldn't have. I should have been more patient. I should do more. He's stressed. But my gut just always knew. And I never felt relaxed in that regard. Like it just always felt a little bit sick. That sounds anxious too. Like that feeling of anxiety where you can't just relax. Yeah. There was a lot of anxiety. Yeah. Do you remember a time when there wasn't that? Because sometimes when we go from one situation to another, we carry the same sort of anxious feelings or similar just inner stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Discomfort maybe is the word for it to just to simplify. But is that something that started for you in this relationship that grew over time? Or was this kind of a familiar feeling? It was a familiar feeling. And I think by the time I was in that relationship, it wasn't even a collection of just one feeling or one piece of shame or disconnection for me. It was, if you really started to dissect it and pull it apart, it was, you know, all my fears. Am I not worthy? Am I ever going to be lovable? If I learn to love more, will that make it go away? Am I not good enough? Is there something wrong with me? All those things kind of were put in that space. So my effort to kind of try and fix what I thought was the problem, which was the relationship in front of me, I thought that would fix everything. That would just make it go away because I just needed to find that solution, if that makes sense. Yeah. 100% makes sense. I think most of us go through times in our life like that or live life like that for a while or forever. You know, I think it's very, very human. And yeah, thank you for sharing that part so openly. I asked that question because I do think that a lot of times we can't see past our nose in a lot of ways when we're used <laughs> to feeling a certain way for so long. No one else is living inside our bodies except for us. So how are we going to know that there's another way to feel and what that is going to be like? It's also scary to feel different suddenly, suddenly or at all, or even the you know shifts just aren't overnight. But when we start to let go, sometimes of those feelings we're so comfortable with, it can be very uncomfortable and kind of scary. And so I bring that up because no one ever told me that. I had no idea that feeling positive even, right? Just something as simple as having like kinder thoughts were so icky feeling to me. It was like cringy. <laughs> and it took me a long time and willingness to push through that and to believe that it was worth it and that change would actually come into my life in these other ways if I just allowed myself to start to like inch towards a different inner feeling. But like, how do you talk about that? It's kind of a weird thing to to talk about, but I'm bringing it up because I relate to what you're sharing in different parts of my life and in different parts of my story as well. So I think helping people understand that even shifting into feeling good might not feel good at first. And it's probably because we've been carrying a certain type of feeling for a while and we've gotten used to it. We've normalized it, right? 
Exactly. And I think I share that same understanding or realization as you in that I had no idea that this whole thing about mindset existed. I thought you were who you were. And the idea that there was another way to think just kind of seemed, you know, just a little bit Hollywood, really. Like, (laughs) really, if I just think this way, things are going to change. And so tapping into that was kind of part of the next part of my story. So back to the nurse, she gave me permission. She had no idea what she still doesn't know, because I didn't have any words for what she said to me. I just felt this immediate relief in my body and almost like this freedom. And I could just hear things like, it's not you, Cheryl. Like, you're okay. Everything that you've been telling yourself is okay. You're not a sinner. You're not giving up. Mm. You know, like, it's still overwhelming for me to think about that because I felt as sad as I was about what I knew was about to happen. I was so happy just to know that I could do it and that I didn't have to live a life where everything felt so wrong. So that really shifted my thinking in that okay, maybe the way I've been doing this isn't the only way to do it. Maybe I don't have to be in full control of everything. And maybe there is some other ways that I can explore personal development. And I just kind of, I fell so low through the process of our separation, just all of the attacks and the abuse that happened and being a single parent and trying to protect my children through that and to maintain a positive home and to make sure I was giving everything to my children. I really was empty on the inside. And this little piece of hope that there is something out there is what I clung to. And I just started diving into the world of personal development. And the more I was learning, the world opened for me. But one thing that took me by surprise was that everything referred to spirituality as this piece of development. And every time I saw it, I thought, nope, been there, done that. That's not for me. What's next? But Mm. it kept coming back. It just kept coming back. When I looked at a full, complete, optimum life and what that meant and what it means to be living a healthy lifestyle, spirituality was always there. And I just thought, like, have these people not you know, what what am I not getting? What are they not getting? Like this doesn't work. (laughs) And then finally, one day I met a meditation teacher and she is in Canada and she's the first meditation teacher who teaches in a non-denominational meditation. Mm -hmm. And that opened my eyes to the ability to connect with spirit without going through an organized religion. I didn't have to assign myself to a particular religion to develop that relationship going forward. And it was shocking to me how quickly that relationship grew when I finally surrendered to that idea and opened myself to exploring it and then receiving. And it was so quick. Like within months, I just had an overwhelming sense of self and understanding and realizing, you know, what my journey kind of how it had unfolded for me and where that came from and who I left behind in the process. And all of that has been the most powerful shift I can say that I've had in my journey of healing. Oh my goodness. That's so interesting because it seems like you opened up, forgive me for saying a channel, because not everyone relates to that or believes in that way, but it feels like a channel was opened up. Like, And when I say that, I just mean a way to communicate with spirit, with yourself, with your intuition, however you prefer to define it. Is that what it felt like? Absolutely. It was like, and I could use the word channel because that's what it came through like. It just, it was like I was as clear as watching a movie and speaking with 
myself and just these messages that, you know, a person can pay a lot of money or use a lot of time to ask questions about, you know, that would be beneficial to their business plan or to their career goals or to their family or who am I? These big questions that I had had inside me for so long were suddenly the answers were just like playing in front of me. It was like they were playing in front of me. So you had like a visual visual experience. Interesting. So with that said, what you went through a lot of areas of life in that description of answers that you were getting, did you put any of that to action? Were you like, okay, picture number three, I'm going to do that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And that actually leads me to something else is that another realization that I've had is that life is not linear. Right. You know, and I always, you know, just the way I was taught. And I know a lot of people, this is just how we're taught. You do this and then that happens. And then that happens. We set expectations for ourselves by the time, you know, we in high school, we did the five-year plan. And by this age, I'm going to be this. And by this age, I'm going to do that. And then that will happen. It's all so linear. And going through and just allowing this channel to open has allowed me to see the pieces and how they all fit together. And some of them came to me years ago and were dismissed because, I mean, well, that's a goofy idea. Well, I can't possibly make that work. They were just dismissed because I couldn't see how that could fit into my linear plan. But back to your question, what, you know, did I choose? I was actually at that time, I was an interior designer. And during my healing, I had found my passion, which was design or anything creative, really. But design is what I decided to apply myself to. But once my spiritual connection was formed, it became very clear to me that my purpose is to guide others and to guide them to the light, really, just to be able to have that connection, remember the connection that they had once upon a time to spirit and to themselves so that they can live their life authentically. And it was just as simple as that. And it came through very clearly. I have no hesitation that that's what I'm here to do. That's so interesting that it was something that you really pushed away intentionally like nope that's not the thing I'm gonna do that's not the thing yep (laughs) and it's like the thing it's that (laughs) thing it's like the only thing or the everything maybe yes that it's all connected to which makes sense to me I find that interesting how the message will continue to knock at the door until you answer it really and sometimes we it wasn't going away sometimes we bring it in and push it away again and it comes back right yeah Yeah. So how did you decide to lean into or choosing life coaching to kind of begin this path or include in this you as a guiding light ultimately for others? I think, well, over the last 10 years, it's been nine years since I've separated from my partner, but 10 years that I've been applying myself to personal development and just really growing on my own as a person. And a lot of that involved therapy and counseling and coaching and my own practice of personal development. And I just, I saw that the life coaching was really the catalyst that gave me the awareness that I needed to continue to step forward. And I knew that was the method or the medium that I could use to reach as many women as I could just to support them where they're at and to provide a community, to provide a place or support that you know, just would bring that awareness to them. Because like you said, we don't know what we don't know. And if we don't know there's another way of thinking, we get stuck in our existing belief systems. And so we need to think in a new way. And I wanted to be that person to kind of start planting those seeds of thinking in a new way. 
And I think through the practice of a life coach, I can do that. Yeah, that makes sense. That that does resonate. So for someone who does want to maybe consider making some changes or thinking in a new way, what, what would the first step be that someone can do for themselves in the moment? I think just being aware of your thoughts is one key thing. And that's, you don't need anybody to help you do that. That's something that doesn't cost anything and you can do it whenever you have a free moment. But just starting to be aware of your thoughts. And if you don't like your thoughts, think about why you're thinking them. And there's a saying that the thought affects the thought. It really is becoming aware of your thought and deciding if that's something that is really in alignment with who you are and what you believe or not. And then the next step would be to educate yourself and just kind of allowing yourself to be open-minded to exploring new ways of thinking to understand that there may be things that are blocking you that you can't see. And that's where we're looking for help that can become life-changing. Yeah, that's really well said. I almost always say the same thing, where to start. That's always my advice too, is, is that observation phase and to try to do it in a non-judgmental way. Because it's very easy for us to be like, oh, fuck, I'm saying all of these mean things to myself. Why am I doing that? And then you can spiral. Yes. (laughs) I'm just throwing that in as an added extra. If you've never done this before, someone who's listening, be gentle with yourself. Like you said, allow space for there to be an openness and for you to be kind to yourself through this process and try not to judge the things you're observing and just you don't have to do anything about them at this moment. It's just an observation. It's information and you deserve kindness, just like the people you love in your life. So just in a little added disclaimer. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I'm a perfectionist by nature. So I always have to work with that. We're often very mean to ourselves in our heads. So I'm speaking from experience when I say that as a disclaimer. <laughs> I'm in that boat. I'm in that boat. There is no harsher critic on the planet than the one that lives in your head. Definitely. Yeah. It's surprising when we start paying attention to how we talk to ourselves throughout our day, like in the tiniest moments too, right? Like, oh, I always put the fucking keys in the wrong place. Like, it's like, we're so mean <laughs> to ourselves. You're such an idiot, Cheryl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so exactly. stupid. Why did I yeah. do that again? Why am I doing that? You know, it's like <laughs> all the silly things we say that are yeah. like, I can laugh about, but that's not very nice, you no. know, to talk to us. To ourselves yeah. like that and it, it and just it matters it does matter those things matter yeah it really does we're teaching our brain how we think about ourselves really it's not empowering it's depowering when we do that i don't know if that's a word disempowering yeah just disempowering <laughs> there you go i think that the word exactly what we're doing is just rooting that belief that's right. ultimately blocking us because if it's not in support of our growth it's really something that's going to hold us back and that's exactly what that's doing that anchor that we keep Yeah, I like the way you said that it's rooting our beliefs about ourselves in these negative ways, even when it's like silly little things. Imagine if you said that to like your two year old, if that's how we talked to our little ones, like, why are you always doing that? You know, it sounds so harsh, right? Suddenly we have compassion for them, right? Yeah. Where's our compassion for self? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no one's watching. So it's very easy to to do it. But so In your exercise, as you become the observer, you're the one watching from this place of compassion and acceptance, hopefully, and awareness that can come from that. Yeah. And being aware of the feelings that it generates. 
because yes. we don't often sit in that either. And so just to have that time, the space and to feel what you're thinking. Yeah. That's a good point. I think our feelings are in this society kind of devalued. We don't put a lot of value on our feelings. We're like, I'll just get through the feeling and move on. Like who wants to sit in feelings? <laughs> Sounds right. not fun, but they give us information. And that information is valuable and can really show us, like you spoke about how your body was feeling and your body knew things before your brain caught up to it. Yeah. Our body does know things. People say our gut is our second brain, right? Mm -hmm. And it really is. For me and my family, especially, we really do speak through our stomachs. (laughs) My mom has so much (laughs) tummy issues, but she has lots of anxiety and lots of all these things, right? And most of the people in my family do. So I think it's a little different for everyone, but most of us can connect to that kind of like tummy issue of unease or not totally comfortable or feeling safe or something's off or, you know, we usually know and it's worth acknowledging and asking a question. Okay. Why am I feeling like this today? Or why, why? Yeah. What's going on? And then trusting that answer instead of arguing with it and telling it why, well, that doesn't make any sense or that doesn't matter. Grow up, you know. Dismissing it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And trust is huge, I think, in this process. And it's maybe what this process really is, is developing Mm -hmm. that trust with ourselves so that we can go and do things in our reality, in our experience, like translating the new things we're doing into action, right? But I do think we need to develop that trust first. And it it does happen in these lovely, gentle ways of just thinking differently, considering where we're at now, you know, what's that like? And how do we feel? And all of that really does become really, really big, valuable information. Absolutely. Yeah. And we can shift it. Yeah. 100%. I think shifting is really what it all comes down to is where you are, recognizing that, sitting in it and really understanding what that is, and then shifting it to align with where you want to go. And maybe there's parts of you that don't need to shift, but most of us have limiting beliefs or we have these upper limits that exist in our life that we're just not aware of. And when we really break down what our beliefs are, just a simple shift in what we're believing so it aligns with who we are, not something that a teacher taught us in elementary school or a parent or a priest or television, uh, social media. We really need to kind of dissect these thoughts and beliefs that are hiding in us and shift them so that they take us on the course that we want to be taken on and actually that we're meant to be taken on in our journey. Yeah, that's really beautifully said. And that is a daily process. It never ends. And I think for me, that was another huge realization is that, wait a minute, like, I don't have to be afraid sitting next to someone thinking, well, they know all the answers to life because nobody does. This journey, if we're open to it, is a constant path of growth, a constant path of realization and strengthening and serving. And for us to do that, we have to get ourselves in that positive space and keep ourselves there so that these external forces don't take us off on a side path and these old belief systems don't hijack or creep up again and take us back to those more restricting places. Yes, yes. And that can happen. And you know what? If it does, that's okay. Shift back. <laughs> Shift on back. Yeah. Yep. You're always welcome. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of ease 
it, it almost makes me feel relaxed to be like, oh, I don't have to know it all. And I don't have to think that the other people know more than me or are doing better. You know, all that comparison, mm-hmm. imposter syndrome stuff that can come in, especially when for me, like working in a creative space and in industry and business can get kind of gritty like that sometimes for me. And when I talk to others, it's a common belief. We all have imposter syndrome in some way. And yeah. so being able to go, oh, I don't need to lean into that. Like, because it's fake. It's not real. It's not really based in reality. It's just based in a thought cycle that we yes. allowed ourselves to get stuck in. Exactly. That's yeah. again, very human, but having people around like you to help us remember that that's actually not serving us or anyone and that we can just kind of go, oh yeah, it's okay if I don't know the answer right now. (laughs) It's freeing. It's really freeing because I think too, it just allows us to expand our creativity because there isn't that fear that someone else knows better and they're going to judge what we're doing. Everybody's learning and it just allows us to kind of spread into our space a little bit. Yeah. And you mentioned creativity. Is that part of this process? Does creativity play a part? Absolutely. And I think back to my understanding or my realization that life isn't linear. It's not a cookie cutter. There is no do this, do that. If you open yourself to really receiving the messages and just putting the pieces together as they come and just let it flow, I can't think of a better way to facilitate that then through our creativity. And so exploring ourselves through creativity, any kind of creative process really strengthens that connection to self. And it's like a catalyst for just allowing ourselves to shine through whatever medium it is that we decide to apply. Yes. I mean, you're speaking my language, but I had to ask that question (laughs) because... I mean, I think most people that listen to this show are creative. They identify as creative. Mm -hmm. Everyone's creative. Again, another human quality. But yeah, you can do that in small form too. If you don't feel like you want to go through this giant, like, oh, I'm not an artist. Like all of the gymnastics in your mind that can happen around that. Yeah. It can just be little things like taking a moment to doodle or adult coloring books can be really soothing for some Mm -hmm. people or going and taking a clay molding class or something where you're in a process. I like that you mentioned the process because there's so many benefits to that. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think for myself, that's really where if I really let myself kind of fall into that process, whether it's painting or even just listening to music or something like that, um, just being in that creative space, things just start to fly your yourself starts to talk to self and things happen yeah and I often feel like it is a spiritual connection because you have to kind of allow things to flow and like you said you get connected and you know where do ideas come from right like it's one of the questions that maybe we'll have a million answers but where do new ideas come from right like we (laughs) That's what art, that's what creativity presents. And it shows us how to be open and solve problems in new ways and all of these lovely things. So absolutely. Yeah, it does fit in. So if there's one thing that you would love someone to understand about our conversation today, what would that be? Understanding, first of all, that you're not alone. If you're having feelings of doubt, shame, blame, if you're feeling lost, you are not alone. And also that everybody has a purpose. And if you can't remember yours, there is a way to become reconnected with yourself and 
that connection is there for everyone. Every single person has a reason to shine on this planet and the world needs you. So if I can inspire one person to kind of take a moment and start thinking about awareness and applying different belief systems or just exploring the idea that there may be different ways of thinking, then I hope that I can do that. It's my dream to kind of create a platform that just allows people to shift into who they are, the self that they want to be, and providing a space for them to do that. I love that. Speaking of that, what is it that you are currently working on? Can you share a little about any of that? Yeah. In addition to individual coaching, I'm also creating a membership community, and it's called Shift, which I think is very fitting. Yes. (laughs) And it is a community of like-minded individuals, a private community that provides a safe place for people to become the self that they want to be. And that doesn't mean that the self that they are isn't somebody that's amazing. It just means that there's layers that can be pulled back to really let that person shine and to let them out and to be understood for who they are. And that's really just what the community focuses on is shifting that mindset. Amazing. Sounds like such a beautiful space to be in. Do you know when that will be available? That will be available the very beginning of May. So, Oh, soon. Yeah. Wonderful. How can we connect with you in addition to that? I can be found on my website at CoachCherylFoster.com and definitely follow me on Facebook or Instagram also at Coach Cheryl Foster. And that's where I'll be announcing the enrollment for the community and any of the other services that I have as well. Wonderful. Oh, yeah. So great. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me and sharing so much of yourself and shining light on how we can shift ultimately. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Christina. And I think just providing this opportunity and this message or forum for people to hear this message is something so powerful in sharing your story and the stories of others. This is a seed in helping people to understand that there is another way of thinking. And I think a lot of people will be inspired through these conversations. No, thank you so much for saying that. Of course, that completely makes this worth it for me because that is the hope. Definitely. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Beeple Begin. We hope that these episodes are helping inspire and empower you to take your next steps towards whatever you're thinking of creating. And if you want more tools, resources, and techniques for your creative process, and to connect with me directly, then I'd love to invite you to our Unleash Creative community. Just follow the link in the show notes and I'll look forward to meeting you there. Happy creating.